Hey, how's it going, guys? Welcome to another edition of 5-Minute Major Radio. Uh, tonight, as you can see, Matt, Master Giovanni is back now on the pod full-time, as yeah. you can tell by a couple of pods. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving and a nice holiday, and we're getting now into the festive time of the year. Ho, 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 happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to start off by reading a statement. I'm sure all of you know by now that the Flyers dropped a pretty big bomb yesterday on us. Kind of out of nowhere. From Paul Holmgren, Flyers president. The Flyers organization has decided to relieve Ron Hextall of his duties as executive vice president and general manager. We thank Ron for his many significant contributions, but it has become clear that we no longer share the same philosophical approach concerning the direction of the team. In light of these differences, we feel it's in the organization's best interest to make a change effective immediately. I have already begun a process to identify and select our next general manager, which we hope to complete as soon as possible. So, yeah, that happened. Yep. Um, <laughs> not the first move I was expecting to have happen, Matt. No. And uh, it's definitely raised some eyebrows. And the big thing that pops out in my head is normally when you see a an NHL executive or a head coach get fired, it's... You know, we wish them the best of luck. See you later. Mm-hmm. There's no like inklings, and then they drop a, you know, a difference in philosophical beliefs. Yeah, and it was very interesting. And of course, in the day, Paul Holmgren and Dave Scott, who's the CEO of Comcast Spectacor, mm-hmm. had a press conference at eleven o'clock this morning. And let's just say it didn't really answer mm-hmm. a lot of questions. <laughs> if anything, it might have <laughs> increased fan anger right now. Yeah. Um. Matt, do you want to kind of chime in and give your thoughts on it from what you saw of it? Uh, I mean, for me, the whole thing was I was shocked at first, but then once more info came out about kind of what the dynamic was between Holmgren and Hextall, I understood it more, even though I kind of also didn't really want it to happen, or at least be the first thing that happens. But since, I guess, you have to look at it like this, I guess, at this point, is that Hextall brought in Hextall, so as much as everyone wants Hextall to go, it might have to be a top a top to bottom situation where you have to get rid of the guy that brought him in, bring in a new guy, which by now we've known that it's going to be an outside hire, which is good because the Flyers have sucked at hiring outside of the organization in recent years, but hopefully whoever they get will take a good look at the coaching staff and a good look at the team and make the necessary moves to turn the season around. Cause I mean, it's only what 21 games into the season now with the game going on now. So there's still a lot of time left, but I mean, they have to obviously turn things around sooner than later. Otherwise they're going to be in a hole and they're not going to be able to dig themselves out of it. Yeah. They're, they're currently have a record of 10, 11 and two. So, you know, it's not terrible and it's very, very similar to their record mm-hmm. in all of this time of Hextall and Hextall's, you know, tenure. This is what their records usually been this time of year on the quarter pole of the NHL season. Usually what you consider to be the mark of which you see which teams are going with the playoffs or not. And there's been this constant uphill battle. Some years they've been able to dig themselves out of their grave and other years they haven't. And it's been split, split 50-50 the past four years in regards to making the playoffs or missing the playoffs. Yeah. So it's going to be very interesting where we go from here. Um, I'm excited about the chance of an outside hire. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I, for one, was not in favor of the Flyers hiring Dean Lombardi. He uh, was already playing a role with the team. He's, he's senior. He was senior hockey advisor. Yeah, and, you know, he's also... A role that no one knows what they do. He was part of the Flyers club. You know, he was the Sharks GM in the 90s, from 93 to 97, I believe. And then the yeah. Flyers hired him to be their, their Western Conference scout. Mm-hmm. And then when he got the Kings GM job, he brought Ron Hextall over to be his assistant GM. Uh-huh. And then when he got fired in L.A., Hextall got the job here. And Ron was like, hey... Team, come on back to Philly. Come on over, yeah. So if and, and you know, you know, he did build some winners with the LA Kings. Yeah. And he had the very same approach to Hexy, but there was a bit of a difference. You know, Lombardi eventually, when the time time came for the Kings, the one he went out and made those trades and bringing in Mike Richards, Jeff Carter, uh-huh. Simone Gagne free agency, eventually a Marion Gabrick of sorts. Yeah. You know, he brought in the big guns to complete the chance to make the Kings, you know, win. That's cool. Two Snow Cups in a row. And <laughs> quick update, we are also watching the current game on television here. We just have it on silent, so it's not interfering. And the Flyers just took a 2-1 lead over the Ottawa Senators. I believe it looks like Jake Voracek scored. Yeah. Seeing of Jake Voracek, we can tell this in back going into the whole Ron Hextall firing, is he was the most vocal player yesterday when players were getting interviewed. Really? Uh, he Yeah, he is the... Um, one big part of the core that doesn't have any form of no movement clause or no trade clause. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it seemed that he maybe rattled him the most. Yeah. Because he's like, anything can change. You know, I could be traded and someone else can be traded from now on. Uh, so we'll see what happens in regards with player management. It's going to be interesting to see what the new GM does, too, because is does he make a personnel change? Mm-hmm. Does he evaluate the coaching staff? Because, you know, all, all new GMs want to bring in their own group of guys. Which is understandable, though. So we'll see what happens. And I'm interested, you know, I can see it playing it both ways. Um, you know, making a GM change and then changing your whole coaching staff is very drastic and would be a huge shakeup in the hockey world. Mm-hmm. And it's usually not done right away in the same season. So maybe you could see the new GM come in and give Hackstall and company, you know, a fighting chance to see what they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, my note to back that up is, and when the, when this team gets at least league average goaltending, they contend for the division. Yeah. And clearly this year they haven't gotten that. And actually, they got league average goaltending from Brian Elliott pretty much up until he got hurt last February. And after that, it's been a dumpster fire. Yeah. Um. So we'll see what happens there. Maybe you know the when Homer, who's now the acting GM essentially, is calling up. Uh, Candace, he's like, what are you going to do to get me a goalie? Yeah. Maybe. Um, we'll see what happens there. Uh, what are your thoughts about what the new GM might come in, come in and do? I mean, like I said before, I think you have to take a really good look at this coaching staff with a, I mean, a quick rundown of the three. You got Hackstall, who's been here. This is his fourth season now, and he's only taken us to the playoffs twice out of, the, out of those last three, which, I mean, is it? Yeah, it's two out of three, right? I think. Yeah. Or he's only taken us to the playoffs two times ever since he's been like been here, and we have yet to make it past the first round. I think we haven't won more than like just above forty games ever since he's been here. And I mean, like the Perrier and the PK are garbage. Our power, our penalty kills the worst in the league. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, right. Right now it's thirty one out of thirty. Yeah, I mean, they killed two penalties so far tonight, but still, like that's not gonna really do anything. 
I might move him up one spot for a couple nights and then down to the next. But and then a guy like Kevin Knobloch who got brought in is Knobloch. Oh yeah, whatever. But he got brought in because oh my god, can I get Scott laid out? But um, he got brought in specifically to help with the power play because he was considered one of the great hockey minds at the time. Coach. Connor McDavid and like a wagon of an Erie Otters team. Like Dylan Strom, yeah. Alex to break it. And then yeah. he comes in, tries to go on the power play, and our power play goes like one for like 43 or something like that. Like our power play is not good either. So our special teams, and I mean the team as a whole needs to be evaluated, not just the coaching staff. I mean there's players that we have in the prospect pipeline and on the ice right now that should be performing better than they have and just aren't producing like it's it's getting I mean it's been frustrating this season so far where like this weekend this past weekend was a prime example where the Flyers probably played their most well-rounded 60-minute effort against the Rangers shut them out for nothing and then the next night it's like they forgot how to play hockey they lead an absolute dud got just completely ran over by the Leafs can I just, can I just went I'm very happy I was in Virginia and didn't watch that game at yeah. all because. I've watched the highlights here and there and caught a little snippets because I had Game Center. And it, not a single penalty, no scrums. Yeah. No, like they, they all just mailed in. They're like, all right, well, this game's done. I mean, it was 4 nothing, I think, or something. But didn't uh, Janssen have a first period hat trick on the Maple Leafs? Yeah. It was just bad. Like, it was probably like everyone thought the Buffalo loss was bad, but this was just like brutal. Yeah. It was like literally just watching like your favorite, like, cartoon character just die and it's like there's nothing you can do so but yeah i mean it's just frustrating where like you see how good this team can be and then they come out another night and they play like they're like a peewee team and they can barely get the puck in the offensive zone let alone get a shot on net so it's just the the polarity of the play is just the most frustrating thing and i mean the hextall was great in giving us a good pipeline for prospects making some moves getting us out of that shitty cap fucking sorry they're cursed but that shitty cap space that we were in from Holmgren like we gotta remember Paul Holmgren we're still are we still paying Brisgalov at this point like we're still paying Brisgalov yeah like he pretty much screwed us when it came to cap and then Hextall came in and cleaned up his mess and then I mean it just seemed like Hextall was doing the right thing to some degree but he just wasn't taking the team in the direction which the higher higher ups wanted it to go I think I think part of the problem was is Hexall this season was being too patient. And after the comments that some of the players made after being eliminated by the Penguins in the playoffs last year and the comments that he made coming into this season saying, This is the year we're gonna we're gonna take the next step. We are going to start contending. And there were glaring issues of this team that prevented them from taking the next step. You know, like like the goaltending per se, like you knew, like, Brian Elliott came out and said in training camp, I may not be ready for the start of the season. Mm-hmm. And so then you're going into training camp with Brian Elliott banged up, Michael Neumann, who's just a walking IR case. Say, always hurt. And then you have Carter Hart, who was your best goalie in training camp. And then you have Alex Lyon, who was, you know, good American League goalie, got yeah. got a, a quick cup of coffee with the big club last I mean, year. One, one thing they, that Holmgren and Hextall both agreed on was that Hart needs AHL time, which I agree with because he's been playing inconsistent in the in the AHL with the Phantoms, but that's like kind of normal for like a new the like, first year pro. Yeah. yeah, so he said he played back to back games this weekend. Uh, the past weekend had a really good game Friday night and then Saturday night laid a dud. 
Oh, yeah, so really it's very nice. Yeah. This? Attaboy, oh, Radko. But, uh, you know, he's – All right, so quick side note. He's probably been one of our best players these last couple games because one of the bright spots in that Toronto game was him just knocking over anything that was near him, and it was awesome because – Gurdis is, again, kind of like a microcosm of the Flyers is when he plays well, he's literally eating everything up, banging bodies everywhere. But when he is bad, it's bad. Like, it's noticeably like noticeably bad. But he's been playing really well these past couple of games. And I'm, I'm a big Gurdis guy. But that brings me to another point where Hextall's, it's kind of, it's basically an arms race. And it has been the last probably five years or so in the Metro division because, I mean, what, three of the last cups have come from our division with Pittsburgh going back-to-back and And then Washington, yeah. And all those teams, before they, like, made their run, got big-name players on their team. So, like, like, uh, let's see. So the Penguins got Kessel, the Devils got Taylor Hall, the Rangers, I mean, the Rangers have always been a decent team. Signed Shattenkirk. Yeah, they signed Shattenkirk. Um, Washington brought in TJ Oshie. Yeah, and I mean, Washington finally broke through in the playoffs and obviously won the cup. But the only person that the Flyers got was Gudis. So, and like, up until this year, Gudis is, a good, is a good guy, but it's like, I don't like the Flyers just, I feel like, haven't been able to keep up. And even JVR was a good signing, but he hasn't really done much this season. Granted, he was out for, like, what, five weeks or so? Yeah. But even now, I don't even know, like, what his, like, you would think, like, him returning to Toronto the other night would, like, give him a little pep in his step or fire him up a bit to, like, score against his former team and do something. But it's, like, he just really hasn't been anywhere to be found. So Do, do you think a part of this lackluster effort from this team, like we've addressed it in previous podcasts, but do you think, you know, they've just they've lost, you know, Hackstall has lost his group? Do you think that's part of the issue, or do you think he still has his locker room? I mean, I think it's a, it's, like, a, it's such a complicated issue at this point because it seems like, up in, I mean, they. I guess I don't know if they still are with Hextall involved. Hextall gone, but it's like the Flyers have kind of accepted mediocrity in recent years. Like, ah, like we put together like a good team. Like, yeah, like we might make the playoffs, we might not. But hey, we got those prospects. But it's like no, like it's to the point where Hextall's like I guess five year plan now because this was just what fifth season. This is the yeah, this was yeah. Five year five. So like we haven't really seen anything from his plan. Like, granted, we have a good amount of guys that are going to be coming up in the next maybe year or two where it's like, what about what's going on now? Like, yeah. you don't want to put out, like, a good team now. Like, you're just going to let – I mean, that's fine that you let the guys develop, but it's like we're getting – like, we can't – we can barely compete with, like, any of the top teams in the East. Like, if anything, if we make the playoffs this year with the current team that we have, we might it might be – One and done. One okay. and done again, or maybe, like, a second round and then get swept some – but it's just like, but hey, biggest second round would still be progress, though. I mean, again, but still, <laughs> it's like after like it's just even though like 2010 was I mean 2010 was eight years ago, which is crazy, but like that just they seems a lot. It just seems a lot further away, and it's like that was like the last time the Flyers were like a legit like cup contender. Like 2010, 2011, 2012. Yeah, like, ever, I mean, it's been ever since they got to that peak. They've been on the decline slowly, though. Not like it's like they just like crashed and burned. Because I mean, you got like Giroux's the only guy left from that cup, uh, yeah, that cup team. final team. Yeah. But it's like you have these guys like Patrick Konechny, like Turier, like 
you got a good lineup on paper, but like obviously it just hasn't transferred over for some. I guess, like I said, it's a multifaceted issue where you just like, why are these big name guys, young guys, like either like they're on fire or they're just completely ice cold. So I don't, I don't know like how. There's obviously got to be some way to kick them in the ass and get them going. And I think this Hextall firing is the first step because oh. they all know that pretty much no one's safe, which is it's which is how you should look at it every day, in my opinion. Like, if you're not playing well through a stretch, like, you might get traded. Like So, I mean... I, th- I think the players just got comfortable. Yeah. They, they got, got way too well, comfy. I mean, the organization itself just got complacent with the fact that, oh, yeah, like, we're, we're all right. Like, we have our days. Like, But it's like, no, like... You want to put a good, like, like obviously the fans, like, Flyers fans, I think, are unique in themselves against any other Philly sports team is because they've always been a contender. Like, I know the Phillies and the Eagles have gone through their slumps, and, like, both those teams have always been contenders, and, like, the Sixers are on the rise again, which is good, but it's, like, no one expects the Flyers to come out and just get railed 6 nothing, and, like, not even, like, fight anyone or, like, take a little cheap shot at like it's just like they get like they get scored on they go down early and they just lay down and die like they just like all right like we'll get them next game like no like two points is two points like it could be it doesn't matter if it's early in the season or late in the season those two points could be the difference between you playing like the penguins in the playoffs or you getting like the blue jackets and either one is like you could either get killed like they did last year or you can actually make it to the second round but it's just crazy like they just accept that. They're like, I don't know. Like, I guess, I mean, it's about time someone got held accountable for it. And, I mean, at first I thought it was the wrong guy. I still think it's kind of the wrong guy. But seeing where they have to go from, like I said, they have to go top to bottom because Hackstall is Hextall's guy. Then I think this is, like, the first benchmark for where they go in the next few games. And then... Once a new GM is in, I think that'll be the next step where he'll take a look at the coaching staff, the players, and then maybe we'll see more changes. So yeah, it's interesting today in the press conference. You know, uh, Homer came out and quoted that you know Hexy had an unwavering, you unyielding, know, unyielding yeah. like defense of his approach, and he had an inner circle in the organization. And if you mm-hmm. weren't in the inner circle you didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And that's something that the Flyers have fundamentally not been run in years past. It's always been the Flyers, you know, boy mm-hmm. club. Um, and so it's very interesting in that regards. You know, I think this is definitely brought on, <laughs> you know, I think the fans, we may have had a say in this firing. Mm-hmm. Uh, attendance has been low. Yeah, I was Re- say Revenue, ha- revenue ha- the team, Flyers have been losing millions of dollars in concession concessions, and merchandise sales, yep. and Comcast is not going to play around with that. You know, they, they're Comcast has been the Flyers being, you know, right under the Eagles in popularity in Philadelphia, yep. and you can argue right now that they're probably at the very they're under the Phils for they're at four. Say, yeah. Like they're the Sixers are now the hot ticket right now in Philly, mm-hmm. and the Eagles are probably second. I mean, right the Eagles now. are always going to be the Eagles one are always going to be number one. But as of, at this moment right now, yeah. I think the Sixers are the hot, really hot ticket in the market, even though the Birds are defending Super Bowl champions. Never forget that. Yeah. Well, like, and it was funny, like, you mentioned the attendance. It's like, I remember going to games not even maybe, like, five years ago, and they would do, like, a little thing, like, between whistles where they would bring up the attendance on the scoreboard, and they'd be like, 
it's a sellout, and like it'll be like nineteen thousand, like five hundred, whatever the Wells Fargo Center holds. And they don't do that anymore because it's probably like, oh shit, like we haven't sold out a game in, in X, a amount of, X amount of days. So like we don't want to be like, hey, like we have fifteen thousand people, but we didn't sell out. It's like, oh god, like, all right. And did all those fifteen thousand people really show up too? That's the other thing. Yeah. Like you can tell, like they. They might have sold that many tickets, but the arena doesn't have that many people. Well, I mean, it. it's and it's it's the same thing too. Where like nowadays, like if you're, I mean, obviously the hardcore fans are gonna still go to games and like, but they're still obviously gonna make a good amount of money because Philadelphia is such a good hockey market. But like, you're not like going to sporting events these days is such a big like. It's not expe- cheap. It's such a big expense. Yeah. Because you're already paying money for the ticket on top of paying like. Twelve dollars for just one one beer. Granted, it's one of those big boys, but like it's one beer, and then you're paying so like ten bucks. Six dollars for a hot like you're you literally so you could probably let's let's say you spend like maybe fifty bucks on a ticket, and then you spend you just get a soda, a beer, and like two hot dogs. That's probably like forty bucks, and then you get a shirt like a t-shirt's forty dollars. If like, you drive down there, you're paying twenty bucks. I was to gonna park. say, you're, yeah. And then if you take the train, you're spending at least ten. And I mean, it's a like obviously it's a risk you're willing to take, but it's like no one wants like no no. What am I trying to say? Not a lot of people are gonna want to do that when they know that the they're gonna team, see a shitty product. They're gonna, on the see, ice. Yeah, they're gonna see a, like see a mediocre team. So, like I was kind of glad like for all the listeners out there, I have partial season tickets, not a big deal, well, but um. Real. The game that I missed because of the snow, where traffic was unreal, I was kind of glad that I missed it because they got shut out three nothing and they played like shit. And I was like, "Well, it's Dollar Dog night," but they also played like shit, so I didn't really miss much. Dollar Dog, but... I, I I actually made it down on that game. <coughs> I work in Newtown Square. It took me two and a half hours to get there, yeah, it took me two and, and it was like, why did I just house. why did I just waste my time? I'm like, granted. I always spent 12 bucks on my ticket that night because yeah. the snow made the tickets go way down. But it's like... Well, they were saying pre-game that, like, for tonight's game, you could get lower-level tickets for, like, a third of what they usually are on average. I checked at work this afternoon. Uh, tickets were going for $6 on StubHub. Yeah. And, like, you know, Comcast doesn't really make any money off of resale on StubHub because it's all fan stuff, but you know they're checking. To see what their tickets reselling oh, yeah. for, and if you're Dave Scott, you're going, what the hell? Well, he was like, he said, like, yeah, like the fans deserve better. Like, yeah, like obviously, like we give you so much money year in and year out, and you're gonna give us this product. Like, it's brutal. Like, I'm tired of it. Like, the Flyers are in last place in the division right now. Well, no, we're tied for, tied last, for place. last place. Yeah, so. And what Pittsburgh's I mean, one point above us, and then the Washington's leading division with 31 points. Yeah. And, and then like, Columbus is the second. The Flyers have also become a team, have become a boring team at times, where it's like you watch them on TV, like you're excited at first, and the oh, Flyers are on tonight. And then you turn them on, and they come out flat. They get scored on first, like they have for a good amount of games this year. And then you're just kind of sitting there, like maybe after like the first period, depending on what the score is, you literally are just like, the game's going on, and you're on your like you're on your phone like most of the time, like not not even really paying attention because I mean you can pretty much predict what's gonna happen where the Flyers are gonna get scored on on a defensive zone breakdown or like a, a neutral zone turnover is gonna lead to like an odd man rush or whatever, and then they're gonna get scored on, 
they'll take a penalty, not even like two minutes later, go shorthanded, get scored on again. So it's just like it's become like almost like a broken record for the team when it's bad because it's like bad things happen, the same bad things happen, they keep happening, which is probably something that they should fix, obviously. So that needs to be fixed. But it's just like it's like I like I don't know. Like sometimes it's just like oh the flyers are on like I'll turn it on. But it's like Again, you watch the Flyers, and I'm not saying this happens every time, but there's like there's games when the Flyers play like they have recently, where they just suck. And then you turn on another game, like a couple weeks, not even a week ago, I turned on, I think it was Edmonton and San Jose, and it was later at night after. I don't know if the Flyers were on that night, but like I watched like five minutes of that game, and I was like, wow, this is actually like entertaining. Like this is what hockey's supposed you don't, to yeah, be. Yeah, like the Flyers just haven't be like haven't been that entertaining this season. Because they've, I mean, they've sucked, like, some games. I will literally throw the Flyers on my laptop just so they're there and I can hear the play-by-play, and I'll just play Chell on my Xbox. Yeah. Because playing Chell on my Xbox is more fun than watching this team. And as a diehard fan, as everyone knows that I am, and of course as you are, like, mm-hmm. that's a, like I remember when I was growing up, you know, growing up watching this team, 16 out of 17 years, they made the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even know what to do the first time. <laughs> I think mean, I don't know when the first time I'm trying to think of when they missed the playoffs for the first time. It was uh, the year we drafted JVR. Yeah, I wasn't. I was kind of young still then. I was. Like, I was in high school. The first time that it, like really like happened, I was like, "What am I like supposed to do? Like, do I just watch like other teams?" So like the Flyers aren't in the playoffs. Yeah, it's like, weird. And I don't like it. Yeah. So, but I mean, again, like it's just one of those things where hopefully this GM change is a shift in the right direction a multi-step shift because like you said before they'll find a new guy hopefully sooner than later hopefully someone with a good track record and then that person will take a second look at things depending on how they go play in the next i mean i would hope in the next five games they have a new guy like a new guy yeah they said today that they're looking to have a new gm in weeks not months yeah that's a good thing and i like again how we touched on earlier it's going to be an outside hire um so touch on that, we can talk about it a little bit, you know, some names that have been floating around. A couple of them are very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, forget, I forget the guy's name, but the assistant GM of Buffalo has been talked about. Rob Greeley. Greeley. Yeah, the Greeley, the last name. I know Greeley is the last name. I don't um, I think the, the first name is an R. I'm pretty sure it's Rob. So I'm not he's, sure. he's an option. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been talking about maybe Chuck Fletcher, the ex-Minnesota Wild GM. But screw, screw him because he caused the last NHL lockout by signing Prezan sooner than this crazy contract, so I don't want him. Uh, Ron Francis, I'm not really a big <laughs> fan of hiring him either as GM because he essentially was a Ron Hexall for the Carolina Hurricanes and got fired for the same reason because he refused to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the two, the last two names that you, you've been hearing, and Frank, Sar- Frank Saravalli actually who works for TSN, who used to cover the Flyers for NBC Sports Philadelphia. So I played men's league once. He used to skate a good old winter sport back in the day. Um, he mentioned Chris Pronger. And Breer. And Danny Breer. Yeah. Chris Pronger currently, I believe, is he head of hockey ops for the Florida Panthers right now. He's either head of hockey ops or he's, he's or, he's, the, or he's their head scout. Is he with the Panthers he's or the Blues? A, he's with the Panthers. Uh-huh. And then Danny Breer currently right now is running – the day, the day to day operations of the Maine Mariners in the East Coast Hockey League, which are owned by Comcast. Uh, they're not affiliated with the Flyers, but they are owned by Comcast. No. Um, and also, then 
team of team, and not he hasn't been mentioned in GM conversations, but he has come out so that he wants to return to the organization in some uh, capacity. Yeah. Now, again, with the last three, you're kind of going back to the Flyers club, yeah. but they're both of a they're more of a new school identity that will have a smart, sharp minds. Um, out of out of Briere and Pronger, um, I'd go Pronger. I'd go Pronger. Um, I think Briere needs to keep some more time learning. You know, this is his first role in like an upper management upper management position in hockey. After Pronger retired, he worked for the league in the Department of Player Safety, mm-hmm. and then he went on and he worked for a couple other NHL clubs before making his way down to the Panthers. Um, so we'll see what happens. You know, I think you know I'm all as long as it's really not Ron Francis or Chuck Fletcher, I'll honestly be happy with whoever they pick. Yeah. I'm excited to learn about the potential of the new candidates, and I'm excited to see where they can get this team going because you hope this is the kick in the ass this team needs to get going. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just it's a shame because you know I hope history will remember Ron Hextall well. You know I, I want history to remember Ron Hextall the way history is going to remember Sam Hinkie of the Sixers. Like Hextall was the one who died for our sins. You know he got us out of cap hell. He restocked our prospect cupboard. He set this team up for success. Yeah. So I want Pete, I want him to be remembered as the guy who who got this team ready to contend. And if they ultimately do win a Stanley Cup in their near future, it will be a big part of the moves that he did. Yeah. It's it's a shame that he couldn't see this out in his to fruition because he's still one of the greatest flyers of all time, and he, the city will always love him. Um, it was just his inability to evaluate NHL talent mm-hmm. and his indecisiveness to deviate from his plan at all because you know all these projects we have with the phantoms and in the chl right now and overseas and sweden and in russia and everything you know not all of them are going to play for the flyers you eventually have to use some of them as bargaining chips yeah. to bring in the top guns to fill in your roster that make you can that make you you know contend and make you a legit cup contender yeah. and it just seemed that he didn't want to do that and it's a real shame yeah. um you know something's gonna have an you know, there could be a prospect that we all really, really like, but, you know, if that means you go out and you make a trade and, you know, that brings in, like, a legit goal scorer that you can throw in the top line with Jean Couturier or you fill him in on your second line that, you know, puts a, a guy who's a guy who scores 30, 35, 40 goals, you know, or you get that, that legit, like, number one defenseman out there. Yeah. So it'll be very interesting. And also, you know, Hexy didn't really spend in free agency early except for this year so with JVR. They have a lot of money. They're going to have um, they have a lot of expiring contracts coming off the books this up, upcoming offseason. Um, <coughs> potentially losing Simmons, Latera, McDonald's up after next year. Um, I remember hearing on Broad Street Hockey Radio, the Flyers are going to have like almost $30 million in cap space this yeah. offseason. Mm-hmm. And the free agent class this summer is pretty pretty good yeah i mean as of right now it's being topped by eric carlson by matt duchene sergey Bobrovsky. you know there are some legit names out there now granted they're going to want a big big ticket money Mm -hmm. the flyers will have the cap space to do it and it's not going to hinder them because they're going to have a lot of players who are still in entry-level deals where you can sign these guys and make an effort and make yourself a real you know chance to really contend because a lot of the other teams in our division are on the downswing you know Pittsburgh's starting to go downhill because who knows what Matt Murray's going through. Yeah. The Devils, I don't think, are as good as they were last year. The Rangers, dumpster fire. The Islanders are going to start collapsing. You know, and 
who knows what's going to happen with Columbus because Bobrovsky and Panarin are like, we don't want to be here anymore. See you later. So this sooner or later, this is going to be the Flyers division. And, you know, something needs to be done where we got a guy in here who's going to do something with them. Uh, yeah. I mean, you said it pretty well. Um, let's see. Try and think of something. So, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things, like you said, where I think at this point it's one game at a time. And I think this game is kind of, kind of hollow in a sense that they're probably playing. I mean, they've been playing pretty well tonight. But it's probably one of those things where, like, all these guys obviously saw heard or saw what happened the other day. They're like, oh, God, like, I might, like, get traded if I don't play well tonight. So, like, everyone's, I feel like, trying to, like, pretty much save their jobs at this point. So, tonight, I mean, even though, I mean, I hope they win, obviously, at this point with a one and a quarter period left. I'm not good at math. I might be wrong. But, um, again, I think it's a game-by-game game thing, and then they just have to see – who they hire, when they hire him, and then, yes, kind of just go from there. But, I mean, again, it's just one of those things where I think the fans have been and are finally being a lot enough more. Enough enough. Yeah, enough was enough. Like, and, like, I mean, the, the fans have known that it seems like this the organization has become complacent in where they are, and it's time for some sort of catalyst to propel us back into where we were not even 10 years ago. And I understand teams go through swings, but it's like you'd think with all the like the pipeline people that we have, all the people on our roster now, like I said before, like we have a good roster on paper. Like if anything right now, personally, I would take a second look at our bottom six. I mean, even like our bottom six, our third line is what? Wheel, or not Orchard, Van Reems like, and Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. Maybe like, our, I don't know. It's just like I said, it's just, I don't, I personally, I don't really know like player wise, what we sh- I don't even know if we need to do anything player wise, honestly. Like the one but, thing player wise that they need is they need to address their goalie situation. Yeah, I was gonna say I think at this point the only the best the biggest problem we have is goalies. We're we've used five goalies already this season. The only goalie in our system that we haven't used yet is Carter Hart. Yeah. Um, you know, Neuverth and Elliot are both hurt. Lyon got hurt. They called up Anthony Stallers, who missed all of last year because he had his, his knee blown out. And he was doing, um, he played well, like when we brought him up, like a couple of two two seasons ago. Yeah. And he's playing all the night. He's only let one goal in, and he's made some pretty good saves from what I can tell from watching here on TV. Yep. And then you know Lyon came up, got hurt. And now he's back down with the Phantoms. So the mm-hmm. only goalie they haven't used in our system yet is Hart. It, it got so low on goaltending recently they had to call up. The goalie from the from the Reading Royals in the ECHL and sent him to an American League PTO because they had no one else to go to. Yeah, and that's an issue. Um, I mean that's one of those things I think will probably hopefully be solved after this year because I know I think Arn Elliott I know Elliott is and Elliott Elliot Neuverth are both UFAs. Yeah. Stolars and Line are both RFAs again. I have a hard time seeing um, Elliott and Neuverth come back. I don't think they're coming back at all. And I think, and Maybe, then I, I mean, if one of the two, I'd probably say Elliot, because then he might be like a good vet for possibly. I think there's going to be better goal, I think there's going to be better goalies out there. Yeah, than I mean, Elliot. Again, it's, I don't know, but I mean, personally, as of now, I really can't see either of them getting resigned. No, as of right now, no, I can't either. 
Um, go after, like I said, go after a guy like Bobrovsky or like he's going to want a lot of money in the long term, though. And yeah. I don't know if he's going to be a good guy you want to potentially mentor Carter Hart one day. I mean, the Flyers also just can't recycle people that they had exactly in recent years. Hope they've been. I mean, Bobrovsky's obviously been really good as a number one, but like he also like hasn't. He flops in the playoffs. I was going to say he flops. Yeah, like and it's so it's like. Do we want to become the Capitals where, like, we finally start killing it in the regular season and then, like, our goalie and everything else just goes south in the playoffs and we can't make it past the second round for years on end? Like, I don't want to – like, obviously a perfect fan's dream is to have a well-rounded team that can at least make a deep playoff run, if not win the Cup, or have a legit shot at winning the Cup. Like, I I don't know. It's just, like, there's so many – there's a lot of areas that need to be looked at, and I think now with Hextall being canned, they'll finally and hopefully start taking a look at that stuff and be like, all right, what needs to be fixed? How can we fix it? And go from there. Because, like I said, I'm, I think that I think the coaching staff's going to see some changes, but again, I don't again I don't know what to expect from this team at this point because I was already shocked when they fired Hextall, and I was like, wait, like. Like I said, like you got the wrong guy, but what do I know? I'm just a it, fan. It seemed it seemed like well, apparently we know a lot these days. I was gonna say it, it seemed like you know maybe the Flyers, even though um, Dave Scott and Paul Holmgren were very defensive of of, he- of Hextall in, in the press conference, today, of course they had to because if they came out and, and shit is bad, it would look really really bad with him being your coach in tonight's game. Yeah. Um, so we'll see where it goes. You know, if anything, and the new GM comes in, he keeps Hacksaw. Maybe he changes the special team coaches up, and he gets rid of Knobloch and Ian LaPerriere. Um, personally, if he doesn't do anything with that, you know, things have been okay with them because you know, as long as they get good goaltending, like I said, they contend. But again, like, um, how do you come in as a GM and see that your penalty kill has been not has been? 20th or worse, like literally like bottom tier for the last not do four seasons and not be like, it might be the coach. Like, cause I mean, they've had obviously different players on the PK throughout that year, throughout those years. But it's like, if you're constantly that bad, like you have, it has to come down to either the coaches. And I mean, obviously you see what the players do, but it's like the coach and like his system or whatever he's running just might not be working. And it's like, 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 I mean, I love Perrier as a player. Like, he's a gritty guy, tough guy. But it's like, that obviously hasn't transferred over to coaching. Like, so, I don't know. Like, I think he's definitely, I think, I mean, I think everyone should be on the chopping block. I guess at risk, not on the chopping block, but at risk of losing their job based off of past performances and where this team has been in the last, I guess, four years now since Hackstall's gotten here. And pretty much like everyone else got here. Just what? Lappy's. Knobloch got here two the, years ago. Yeah, so and after then Lappy, first year. Lappy got brought in with Faruby. So yeah. Lappy's been here a while, and the PK's been bad for a long well, that's what, his, time. I think his first year here, they were seventh. They ended up seventh. The next year, they were like 21st, and then they've just gone down from there. Like, so I guess, like, I hate to say it, but I mean, maybe he just got lucky with how it worked out his first year, but, like, obviously it just hasn't. It, it just hasn't been, hasn't been good. Since. And it's yeah, frustrating no. where it's, like, I almost you kind of, like, at some points you kind of just want the Flyers to, like, defer when they take a penalty, but, yeah, you might as well just, just add it. Just put one up, up another goal. Like, they're going to get scored on anyway. And it's, like, 
it's like it's noticeable because like they just don't like they don't pressure a lot on the PK. Like they'll just kind of stay in their box, and then you'll have a guy who's literally just right in front of the goalie, and there'll be no one in front to just clear the porch, and then like they'll either screen the goalie, and one of the forwards will just snipe and just score, and then or like the guy in front of the net will get the puck and just stuff it right in, and there's no one there to do anything. Like I don't know. Like if I was that, if I was any, I would just be like, yo, like I'm gonna put this guy on his ass, like in the crease. But again. You just gotta every at this point you gotta look at everything. No one is safe. Yeah, no one's safe. I mean, again, I don't, I don't know. I think I know, but I don't. Like, there's obviously this Hextall thing was a curveball, so which is kind of good. It may it it's curveball, and I think it's the thing that needed to be done because yeah. he wasn't gonna do anything. Yeah. Now, with in regards to this new GM, if he goes out, if he goes out and gets a goalie, mm-hmm. um. And there's a couple options out there based on maybe they're not playing so well in their current market and the change of scenery might be good. Yeah. And there's one guy who stands out a lot to me that I've always kind of been a fan of just because I like the way he plays. Mm-hmm. And that's Mike Smith, the Calgary Flames. Yeah. He's, you know, he's like six foot six. He can handle the puck like another defenseman out there. And I'm pretty sure he scored a couple goals in the league as a goalie. Yeah. I think he's someone who's an established goalie, a Vesna finalist in the past. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, he's only got one more year left on his, one year left on his contract. Yeah. He's making like five something million dollars. Mm-hmm. But like if the price is right, you can send maybe uh, probably not Elliot because he's already been to Calgary and he was awful there. Maybe you send Stores or Lion or a goalie, a prospect goalie, and maybe a couple draft picks of the Calgary and bring Mike Smith in. Yeah. And he's the guy who can come in here, you know. He's also towards the end. He's up. He's in his mid to upper thirties now, so the end of his career is near. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's a type of guy you can bring in who can give you some damn good goaltending still, yeah. and also then be a mentor to Carter Hart. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, is there any goalies that you know that, that around the league that you could see maybe fitting that same mold, if not Mike Smith? Uh, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. I mean, it's tough getting a number one goalie nowadays because, like, every team at this point really has an established number one. And even, like, back, like, it's crazy how, like, some teams' backups are better than, like, our starters. Like, I'm trying to think of a team that's like that. Right now, they are some of them. I was going to because, I mean, Rask is already good as a solid number one. And then Halak has played unreal this season, too. Like, so, it's just, I don't know. I can't get <laughs> I don't know what to expect from this team anymore, which is kind of good and kind of bad because it's like, at this point, I'm like, eh. Like, if they, like, if they suck, I'm just like, eh. Which I hate because it's like they've pretty much caused us all to become complacent to some degree with them sucking, but it's also, it's like frustrating where it's like, I don't want this to keep happening. So yeah. I, I want the Flyers to get back to like, there's a time a year ago where I genuinely enjoyed watching the Flyers and genuinely enjoyed going to games mm-hmm. all the time. I remember a couple of years ago, you and I, we would like at least every weekend for a point of a quarter of a season, we were at the game attending in person, me, you, Jake, Josh. Yeah. Like we were always there. Mm-hmm. I remember like watching at home, like cheering loudly, watching, you know, this team play. Yeah. Like I said earlier, now it's just like if I'm home by myself and they're on, like I've got them on my laptop and I'm playing NHL because it's just boring and it's not a fun product to watch anymore. And hopefully with this firing of Hexy and bringing the new GM and, you know, Comcast stepping in saying this shit ain't going to float anymore. Yeah. Like, hopefully this will get things stepped in the right direction. Uh, do you have anything else? 
sad tonight where maybe we call it quits. I think so. Uh, I think we got it all out of our system yeah. at this point. So, as of right now... There's nothing to be mad about right now because they're winning. They're up 3-1 to one after the second period. And I mean, they, yeah, they are playing Ottawa. I was gonna, yeah, but Ottawa is like the only team that's below us in the conference. I think they're second to last in the conference. The problem is, though, is the Flyers have usually had a problem playing down to their opponents. Yeah. So I guess and it's the maybe... the lead is the worst lead in hockey. Maybe it's a good sign they're playing well right now. So we'll see what happens. Um, that's going to be it for this week's episode of Five Minute Major. Uh, look forward to where things are going now with Matt and I as a partnership. Yeah. Again, I bring out any, any of our friends or colleagues that want to come on to the pod, please do so. Come on. Matt also writes for the Hockey Writers. Yes, sir. So you guys can all check out his articles. It's some excellent work. I usually try and post them to the Facebook page to get them going. Matt's also now joined on his Facebook page as part of the admins, so he's going to start adding some more content in there himself. And I'm just, I can't, um, you know, express enough my excitement for this new direction of Five and Major Radio, and I'm really excited to see what our future holds. So we're getting it rolling. We're getting the ball rolling, and let's hopefully the Flyers get the ball rolling. And that's going to be it for this episode. See you guys next week. Later, guys.